the Fantasy Football Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I'm Scott Allen and I feel sorry for anyone who was at Wembley Stadium today for that abomination of a football game. I'm Des Bueller and I don't know, I don't think I would have minded being in London. I, I mean, I, I think I could have lived with that. Let's start across the pond, Des, and I listened to the Wednesday podcast and you guys were talking about the London games and Jeff Dooley astutely pointed out that, you know, weird things can happen in London and Mike Hume mentioned... You know, yeah, the Saints are going to shut out the Dolphins, and there was hearty laughter. And <laughs> lo and behold, that's yeah. what happened. 20 to nothing Saints win. Weird game again. Boy, you know, you got to be worried about the Dolphins a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a J.H.I. owner, you have to be very worried. I mean, he did almost nothing this game. 12 carries for 46 yards. I mean, if he had more volume, actually, it's a 3.8 average. That wouldn't look terrible. Like, if he had 24 carries for, what would that be, 92 yards, we would be right. sitting here going, you know, pulling our hair out, but he didn't, and he didn't do anything in the passing game. And if, yeah, if you're getting shut out by the Saints, I mean, what, what can we say about that? I mean, last week, Cam Newton laid an egg against the Saints, and mm-hmm. we were all freaked out about him. Uh, it turns out he has a great game this week, and we'll get to that. So maybe the Saints' defense is actually, you know, a little bit better than, than we would have expected. Yeah, I, I think so. Definitely moving on <laughs> up. And then on the offensive side of the ball for the Saints, Alvin Kamara continues to, to look like the most ownable best back in, in that in that backfield 10 catches for yeah. him for 71 yards and a touchdown yep. um, 25 rushing yards but he's continued his emergence and then Michael Thomas kind of his usual day eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown yeah I, I don't, I'm not quite ready to put Kamara I think it's Kamara I don't know Kamara I'm not quite ready to put him like over Mark Ingram as the Saints back to own he does seem, you know, when you look at him play, like he does seem a little faster. He does seem a little spry. He does seem to have a little bit more explosion to him. There, you, yeah, the, the targets are crazy. I mean, I think he had 14 targets. He had 10 catches, as you mentioned, 71 yards, and the touchdown. So obviously, a guy who needs to be owned in all far- formats, not just PPR, because if you're going to get 10, you know, if you're going to have 10 catches, even if it's for three, three yards a catch, I mean, yeah. you're still going to like put up some points. So definitely worth an own there. And I think better days are ahead for the Dolphins. So actually, if you're an Ajayi owner, I say don't make a panic trade because what are you, you going to get from him at this point? I think you do. It, it is worth remembering that in week one he looked pretty good against the Chargers. Maybe everyone will at the StubHub Center, but you know I, I think he's a buy low candidate, and if you have him, hold on to him and just hope hope like heck for the for next next week is better. And the best thing you can say for Jay Cutler, I guess, is he's a does a better imitation of an NFL QB than he does <laughs> NFL wide receiver in the Wildcat. Yeah, him and Matt Ryan both had had little <laughs> trouble in that regard today. Speaking of Matt Ryan, he had a tough day against. Buffalo, the Falcons losing for the first time this year, 23-17. to 17. We talked about the Saints defense. The Bills defense looks yeah. nasty. 12 points per game against. Um, offensively for Buffalo, Charles Clay, again, kind of a, a sneaky tight end pickup early in the year. Another 100 yards receiving for him. And the big news for the Falcons, Des, Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu both leaving the games with injury. Uh, for Jones, a hip flexor and Sanu a hamstring. So something to monitor in the bye week. Yeah, uh, you certainly, Julio Jones owners have had to, in the past, he's had some injuries that have kept him out. I mean, it's mostly been foot injuries. I don't, this didn't sound like a, a terrible injury, but, you know, it remains to be seen. So yeah. obviously, uh, well timed for them there. One of the main fantasy takeaways for this game is Charles Clay looking, very much looking for real these days. I mean, uh, seven targets. He had five catches for 112 yards. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, that's, that's impressive no matter how you slice it. He's been getting into the end zone in some other weeks. Uh, we saw a little bit of a resurgence from LaShawn McCoy. 
And I guess the only broad spot, right spot for Atlanta was Tevin Coleman whacked up a fair amount of yards. The team with the next crack at the Bills' defense will be the Bengals, and they had an easier time with, with the Browns today, 31-7 to win for Cincinnati. And Andy Dalton continues his resurgence. You're probably only starting him if you're in a pinch, but you got to feel more comfortable about doing so going forward after he threw for four touchdowns and no picks. That's six <laughs> touchdowns, zero interceptions in the last two weeks. Yeah, you'd feel better about him if you were playing the Browns every week. I mean, I think <laughs> that's, that's their – they can make – you know, they're good for what ails a lot a lot of teams, it would seem, on defense. And I think the, I think the Browns are getting Miles Garrett back maybe next week and we'll see what his pass rushing effect has on that defense it can't hurt that's for sure but yeah Dalton I mean a couple weeks ago it just looked like he couldn't complete passes right he was missing wide open guys so even if it is even if it is against the Browns it's good to see him actually be really efficient through the area I think he had a 146 rating four touchdowns so that was great to see uh less great to see was Joe Mixon doing almost nothing in this game lots of volume but Right, and you know, and that's worrisome. I mean, a game against the Browns that we just mentioned, where who I think have been okay, reasonably okay against the run, but you know, where the Bengals led from the beginning and Mixon got all the volume. I mean, the game script set up really well for Mixon, and he still wasn't really able to get anything done. Um, you know, that's pretty tough. A 1.7 per carry average. So yeah, I think the question you have to look at going forward is, do you like the volume, or are you are you disappointed with the production? Because I think. If you if you tra- if you have them and you want to trade them, I think you will find some takers. I think there were people who still believe in the size, speed, sort of athleticism of Mixon, and then obviously he is getting the workload. I mean, I think Jeremy Hill is not a major factor anymore in terms right. of cutting into his playing time. So, you know, I, I, he's an interesting guy out to to think about in terms of trades. Do you try to trade for him, thinking the yardage will come, or do you feel like maybe you know? I mean, not not always not all rookies do well in the NFL like right away. Maybe he's just going to take a while to figure this thing out. Yeah, a, a non-rookie running back in this game to worry about and to think about what you want to do with him, whether it's stash him on the bench or or drop him outright. I wouldn't fault you. Uh, for doing so at this point, Isaiah Crowell, I yep. mean, the game kind of got out of hand early, so he only had seven carries for 20 yards, but he's an early candidate for where he was drafted for oh, for bust of the year. Big time bust. Yeah, I, he's he, at the very least, he's got to be on benches. I mean, he's potentially droppable. He's done nothing in, in four weeks now. How about the Rams? The greatest show on natural <laughs> grass, which <laughs> doesn't sound quite as catchy as greatest show on turf, but another 35 points for them today and a win over the Cowboys at Dallas. Very impressive. And Todd Gurley again leading the way. Huge day for him. His renaissance continues. 121 yards rushing, 94 yards receiving, and another touchdown. Jared Goff looked good. I mean, this offense, you want pieces of this. Cooper Cup. Cooper, not Connor. It's Cooper. Yeah, you want well the piece you want in this offense is Gurley. I mean, far sure. and away, like he's the show there. And you know, he was he was second among all scores this week, at least going into the the Sunday night game. About the only thing that went wrong for Todd Gurley and the Rams in general was those uniforms. That was a little <laughs> oh, bit weird. Hideous. The helmet. Okay, so the helmet was just blue and white. It had the with the, the Rams horn was white, but then the the road unis were all blue with the, with the, with the yellow accent. So I don't know what they were going for there. It didn't didn't look right though. But, you know, the problem with the Rams offense so far has been, like you just mentioned it, with the wide receivers, it's been hard to know who's going to emerge. Cooper Cup week one, then you had Sammy Watkins last week. Watkins did nothing in this game. He had one catch for 17 yards. That's super frustrating. He only had two targets, so that is worrisome. I mean, if you're a Watkins owner, you'd love to think, okay, if the Rams are going to be good on offense, surely he'll be somewhat consistent, but he hasn't been. Um, On the other side of the ball, you had Ezekiel Elliott. Putting out, you know, producing yet another good game. I mean, the Cowboys scored 30 points, so yeah. the, the offense held up their end of the bargain. Des Bryant had 13 targets, but he only caught five of them, but they were for 98 yards. So you'll take that every day, I guess. A lot fewer points in the Lions and Vikings game. The Lions won 14 to seven, despite continuing one of the more ridiculous active streaks in the NFL. It's been 58 games since they had a 100-yard rusher. Amir Abdullah, though, came close. Des 94 yards and a touchdown for him. 
Theoretic, less and less involved in this offense, it seems. Big day for Abdullah, relatively. And the big story here, though, Dalvin Cook to monitor. They, yep. The Vikings fear that he has a torn ACL. Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon, the backups, what are you looking at there in that situation? Yeah, I mean, you're you're hoping against hope right now that Dalvin Cook does not, did not tear his ACL. I don't know if we'll find out by the end of tonight if he did or not. It certainly sounded like they think he did. Um, it sounds like terrible news, and it's yeah. such a shame. He was off to such a great start. Really looked like a feat, like a like a classic feature back. A big guy could move, had some speed. You know, if if he's out with an ACL, that's obviously season ending. And as you mentioned, then you have to look at Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. Um, the snap count for those two after Dalvin Cook left the game, Murray had 20 snaps to McKinnon's five, and I think that's indicative, possibly of what we'll see going forward. Because remember, in the offseason, they did sign Murray to a fairly sizable contract as free agent running back contracts go. Uh, it was noteworthy, and at the time they signed him, you thought, okay, now he's going to be the RB one there. And then they drafted Dalvin Cook, and he just dusted Murray. But so I think you know, I think we'll see Murray get the line share. But I, it should be a committee with Jarek McKinnon. I think it could be sort of a David Johnson situation where you don't necessarily want any of the guys yeah. who fill in for him. Like yep. it, it, you know, it won't be that pretty of a sight. But I think. You know, I think Murray is probably the one you want to spend more of your fab money on uh, if if you're going to go down that road. And we should also mention Kyle Rudolph. I mean, he's looking very busty. I mean, we talked, you know, not maybe Isaiah Crowell busty, <laughs> but he's done nothing in four games. Right, this is a guy who was second among all tight ends last year and led them in targets, led tight ends in a number of categories, and he's just been forgotten, a forgotten man in this offense. So yeah. that's really worrisome. I don't know if you drop Rudolph, but if you own him and is your only tight end, I think you do need to look into other options. We used to talk about the Saints maybe just even a week ago as the get-right defense for your fantasy stars who might be struggling, and maybe that title is passed to the Patriots. Who it sure is, especially have, in New England. Yeah, brutal, brutal Jeez. passing defense, especially for New England. They lose to the Panthers 33-30, to and while Cam Newton couldn't do much against the Saints, he got right against New England with three touchdown passes, another touchdown rushing, 360 yards through the air. A big bounce-back game for him, and two of those touchdowns to Devin Funches, who... We've been talking about the last two weeks. First, when Greg Olson went down, right. then when it looked like Benjamin might not play. Benjamin wound up pl- wound up playing and had a, a big game yardage-wise, but it yeah. was Funches with those touchdowns. So he's a guy I think you have to target if for some reason he's still out there. Yeah, I think he's out there in a lot of leagues. I think he's. I think that story kind of went underreported, or he just sort of kept flying flying under the radar. But I think after going, yeah, seven catches for seventy yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Funches is a guy who'll be snapped up off of waiver wires. You know, the, the two touchdowns. That's kind of fluky i mean you're not going to get that very often but you know nine targets uh seven catches on nine targets is that's replicable j-e-t-s jets 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 new york with a 23 to 20 win over the jaguars in overtime and patient Bilal Powell owners were rewarded finally with matt forte inactive he doubled his rushing total for the season on a first quarter 75 yard touchdown run went on to finish with 163 yards on 21 carries uh, he also had four receptions. This is a lot more what people expected, yeah, because Powell was so good last year after Forte went down. I mean, it, it all seemed to, like, happen again. You know, last year, Forte got a ton of work at the start of the season, and, and that seemed odd because they had this very good other back named Bilal Powell, and he just didn't seem to get the work early. And then when he did get the work, he was really good. Um, Matt, Matt Forte goes out again, and Palau goes nu- uh, Bilal Powell goes nuts. Um, I, obviously, we're not going to see this uh, week to week, and I still think this Jets offense. I mean, they're playing. I think they, it might be one of these things where they're a little bit better at home. I don't know if, if we can expect, you know, 
very good things from Powell going forward. He might even be a trade high candidate. I, I, I just don't know. Of course, they do still get two games against the Patriots, so you know there's that <laughs> to look point. forward to. And then uh, also in the backfield, Elijah McGuire. I mean, the Jets ran for almost 300 yards in yeah. this game, I mean, over 250, I think. Elijah McGuire, a six-round rookie draft pick. I mean, he's the biggest beneficiary of Forte getting out because now he's getting on the field. You know, he had a huge touchdown run, too, I think, of 69 yards. Right. So he had 10, ca- 10 carries for 93 and a touchdown. Big game for him. Uh, don't think that's something you're going to see a ton of going forward, but he's an, in- he's an interesting name because the Jets, if they're smart, they will make a point of trying to get both these guys a lot of work because, you know, Josh McCown's just a guy back there. And offensively for the Jaguars, a letdown game for Blake Bortles. He was awful, 15 for 35 for 140 yards, but Leonard Fournette continues his strong rookie year, over 160 total yards and a touchdown. The Steelers dominated the Ravens in Baltimore 26-9. The big story here, the expected one, the star Le'Veon Bell, 35 carries for 144 yards and two touchdowns, and after a relatively slow start for for Bell, that's kind of what you expect when you're drafting him in in the top three. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, the only touchdown reception for the Steelers, and Antonio Brown, a little frustrated on the sideline, flipping the Gatorade cooler, got into it with Todd Haley, not happy with his day. Four catches for 34 yards for for Antonio. Yeah, I think I think Jeremy Macklin also threw a sideline tantrum. There were some reports about that. Both of them had had lousy days. Macklin had a worse day than Antonio Brown. So frustrating for almost everybody on offense, not named Le'Veon Bell, uh, who, yeah, I mean, that was old school, 35 carries. Yeah. I mean, he only averaged 4.1 yards per carry. So you look at the 144 yards rushing, you think, wow, that's fantastic. But it took an awful lot of carries to get there. But who cares if you're a Bell owner? You'll take it every day of the week. Uh, four catches for 42 yards. So he really had a huge game, two touchdowns. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, Alex Collins, you know, another interesting yep. outing for him. Nine carries for 82 yards. Um, he had two targets in the passing game, so he got something. He didn't he didn't convert them into catches, but at least he got two looks. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be any it wouldn't really be a major surprise if he continued to sort of become the primary ball carrier for that team because Terrence West did. Zilcho. I mean, I think he had four carries. Yeah, for negative seven yards. Yeah. That's worse than nothing. In fact, <laughs> if he just fallen down the line of scrimmage, he would have done better than that. But you know, this whole Ravens offense just looks pretty lousy. So it's hard to get too excited about Collins. But this is two straight games where he's been basically the only bright spot for that team offensively. Our colleague Des Adam Kilgore wrote earlier this week about how Deshaun Watson would make NFL teams regret passing on him. And if you neglected to pick him up on the waiver wire last week. He made you regret that, too, because he's kind of jumped near the top after his latest performance with four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in this 57-14 to 14 win over Tennessee. He made, people, he made people like me, who were foolish enough to start the Titans' defense, look like idiots as well. Um, he seems like the real deal. You're not going to get five touchdowns a week out of him, but he, I think he's creeping closer to that 10 to 12 QB starting range. Yeah, he looks great. You know, he does give you that that rushing upside. He got a touchdown here, 24 yards rushing. You know, I, I there's one league where I have Carson Palmer as my only quarterback, and I, I was so close to picking up Deshaun <laughs> Watson just as sort of a speculative ad, just thinking like, yeah, you know, if he's as good as he looked last week, you know, and now of course I regret it because he's going to be much more uh, coveted commodity on the waiver wire, and whereas Palmer looked looked terrible today, so we'll get to that. But yeah, he 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 looks like a fantasy asset right now. I mean, you don't expect him to be this good every week, but he sure looks like he's no he knows what he's doing out there. And the Texans added a weapon this week, and Will Fuller came back from the collarbone injury that he'd suffered yep. in the preseason. He only had four catches for 35 yards, but he caught two touchdowns, so that, that'll open some eyes. You know, he's going to be a guy that you'll see on the waiver wires. DeAndre Hopkins had another good game, and we had a Lamar Miller sighting, yeah. which is always nice. So, you know, you look at this offense, and there are some weapons there. If, if Miller can be 
you know, he's still kind of inefficient on the ground, but if he can if he can help out, and he, he did some good things in the passing game. You've got Hopkins there. You've got Fuller there. So you can see Watson with some options when he goes back to pass, or he can run it. So, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of reason for optimism there. And the big news for the Titans and something to monitor, Marcus Mariota left the game with a hamstring in- injury. He's set to get an MRI. And, you know, if you're a Mariota owner, Watson may be somebody that you look at who could slide right into that spot. Yeah, well, it's certainly not going to be Matt Castle, <laughs> who, <laughs> no, who came so into bad. the game and reminded everyone, oh, my God, the Titans' backup is Matt Castle. I mean, talk about a team that you know probably should have made a call to uh, Colin Kaepernick if any team was ever going to do that, but apparently not, so we'll move on. But it was it, it, kind of an injury-laden week. I mean, we j- yeah, Mariota goes out with the hamstring. You know, hamstring issues or injuries are tricky because they can tend to linger. We're not sure how, how that's going to affect him. Uh, you know, he just adds to the list. You had Dalvin Cook go back, go out. We talked about that. We had Julio Jones go out. Yep. We're going to mention Derek Carr in a moment. So, we are. Yeah. <laughs> so Excellent segue. Let's, All right. let's, let's mention let's, Derek Carr. Let's get things, right to it. Things might have gone uh, from bad to worse for Mr. Carr after one of the worst games of his career last week against the Redskins. Uh, he left the game against the Broncos, a 16-10 Denver win with, I think, what was reported afterwards as back spasms. So another issue and and that's not good news for a Raiders offense that has been struggling the last two weeks Amari Cooper today two catches after having one against the Redskins sure enough in a game that features Amari Cooper and Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas the two long touchdown catches are by guys named AJ Derby and Johnny Holton that Derby catch was fantastic. It was. Uh, one-handed, and he didn't even reel the ball, and he just sort of kept it in his one hand, outstretched it as he ran about 10 more yards into the end zone. That was pretty impressive for for a guy who doesn't normally do impressive things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the, the rate, yeah, if this, this Derek Carr injury, again, we're going to have to wait to see how it plays out. There was some optimism after the game. Uh, Coach Jack Del Rio said it was back spasms, and he doesn't think it's a long-term issue. Uh, certainly Raiders Nation and anybody invested in that offense needs to hope so because E.J. Manuel certainly cannot be trusted to get the ball to anybody, let alone their pair of wide receivers. And obviously you had Crabtree out for this game. It was a tough matchup at Denver. We get that. But Amari Cooper, I mean, what are we doing? He had eight targets, caught two of them for nine yards. You know, he's gotten off to the roughest of starts. That said, buy low. The the neon light is blinking buy low on Amari Cooper. Especially if Derek Carr is out, then Cooper will be all the more a buy low because then you you have EJ Manuel in there. I think it's a good bet based on his role in the offense, his pedigree, the talent he's shown in the past. I think he's off to this. This is an unsustainably bad start for him. He's had a number of rough matchups early on. You know, he had Josh Norman last week. He had the entire Broncos secondary this week. I think things will look up for him in the future. So if you can get him at, at a low, low price, I say go for it. You mentioned that the Broncos defense is always stingy. How worried are you about Beast Mode, who had another I am rough game? Nine carries for yeah. 12 yards for Marshawn Lynch. I was not. I was a little worried about Marshawn Lynch coming into the season, you know, because. It, it was it was dependent on what what you wanted to look at, right? You could look at his role in the offense and say, well, Latavius Murray scored 12 touchdowns and you know was pretty darn functional in that offense, and we think Marshawn Lynch is a much better talent than him. But he, you know he was at retired for a year, may not have kept himself in the best of shape. It is worrisome because he looks pretty one dimensional. Um, to me, the guy I picked up in that league where I mentioned I didn't pick up Deshaun Watson, I probably should have. I used that waiver move on Jalen Richard as, as a speculative ad, and I think. You know, that might be a, a move some people consider because at some point they're going to need a spark here. I think Richard adds that spark, and Lynch, I don't want to say he's done. Maybe it was just a down game, but, yeah, it's, it's been a, a kind of a, a rough start for him. A guy who sometimes looks like beast mode, LeGarrette Blunt, had a huge game in the Eagles' 26-24 to win over the Chargers. And for Blunt, he was ineffective in Week 1, zero carries in Week 2. He started to show some signs of life last week, maybe after a bunch of people dropped him. 
Um, and now with Darren Sproles on the shelf, he was the lead carrier for for the Eagles. 16 carries for 136 yards. Is he back, Des? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's back to the extent of having, I think, a large role in this offense. I think game script will tell the tale with the Eagles. If they fall behind, I don't, see your, you, I don't think you're going to see a lot of Garrett Blunt. I mean, they led the way most of the game here, and he was able to do his thing. And, you know, I don't think we're going to see him rumble for eight and a half yards per carry mo- most of the time. But, yeah, I think, I think he's back to being a fantasy factor where it looked like he was falling way off the radar earlier. Uh, Wendell Smallwood is the other, yeah. the other guy in that backfield in, in, the, in the absence of Sproles. He had a pretty nice game yardage-wise. Um, he's he's clearly going to get the ball a lot. What's nice about him is he he gets carries and he gets featured in the passing game at least to some degree. He had a touchdown here too, and Zach Ertz continues to be just a stellar tight end. I mean he's he looks like he's uh, putting it together in this offense. Carson Wentz obviously loves throwing to him, somewhat to the uh, uh, unhappiness of people like me who own Alshon Jeffrey in, in at least a league or two. Like he doesn't seem to be the wide receiver one we hoped we were drafting, or even a a reliable wide receiver two at this point, but. Right. At least he got in the end zone. On the other side of the ball, Melvin Gordon, he played. He was questionable with the knee injury, but he almost might, have well, might as well Look, have stayed I, at home. Ten I've carries been, for 22 yards. Yeah, I, I just I don't think he's a good running back. Like He's so inefficient on the ground. He's never been a good running back. Like In terms of actually running the ball, in terms of actually taking a handoff and doing good things with it, it's so rare that you see him do that in game after game after game. And yet... You know, most of the time he makes up for it either with volume or some some help in the passing game, yeah. or of course getting in the end zone. So this, you know, you saw what happens if he doesn't catch, if he doesn't get passes, he doesn't get in the end zone. It's kind of a disaster. Uh, on the other hand, Keenan Allen keeps doing his thing. He's, you know, as long as he can stay upright, Keenan Allen is definitely going to be on the wide, you know, at least on the near edges of the wide receiver one periphery. He certainly was a wide receiver one today, and it was very nice to see Tyrell Williams do something. The Buccaneers beat the Giants 25-23, a bounce-back game for Jameis Winston. 332 yards passing, three touchdowns after throwing three picks last week. And as Des mentioned earlier, they get the Patriots next. So uh, get a hold of all those Bucks that you can. I mean, Mike Evans, another pretty solid game, five catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. Cameron Brait, the tight end, um, maybe on some waiver wires, four for 80 and a touchdown. Um, and the big news for the Bucks offense, though, Des – Doug Martin coming back or eligible to come back and return to the team on Monday. Yeah, you know, and, and this was sort of uh, Jaquiz Rogers' last stand, and if so, he kind of made the most of it. I mean, he had been pretty inefficient on the ground uh, in the early going in the, in the first couple of, first couple of games, and you know, it just seemed like he was definitely going to lose his job. I think he still will, but at least uh, Jaquiz had 16 carries for 83 yards in this game, chipped in with two catches for 25 yards. So very good day yardage wise for Quiz. I still think it'll be the Doug Martin show when he comes back. And like I said, coming back against the Patriots is a good way to reintroduce yourself to the league. Uh, I don't. OJ Howard had had a huge catch where he was 100% wide open. So some people might look at that stat, you know, 63 yards receiving a touchdown, and think, aha. And of course, the pedigree first round pick. But you know, I would stay away from him on the waiver wires because that seemed pretty fluky to me. Whereas Brait, it really is the pass catching tight end yeah. there. And if he's out there, he might be a good guy to add. It was a field goal fest in the desert where the Cardinals beat the 49ers 18 to 15 in overtime. A wild game that. Ended after the 49ers kicked a field goal in overtime. The Cardinals got the ball, drove all the way down the field, and Larry Fitzgerald, who had done nothing all game, <laughs> right. touchdown reception from Carson Palmer to salvage his day a little bit. Only four catches for Fitz, a bad day for Palmer, really a, a bad day for both offenses. Yeah, I mean, if there's if there's a way to look bad while throwing for 357 yards, Carson Palmer found it. Like, that, that offense just looked really feeble. And again, he's just under assault. I mean, it's not, I don't want to just say, like, it's Carson Palmer's fault. Like, he drops yeah. back to pass, and he's just under siege. He had took six more sacks today. 
I mean, that line just can't protect them. And, they, and you know, if they can't keep the 49ers off of Palmer, I mean, what's going to happen when this team plays the Seahawks and the Rams exactly. and, you know, some of the teams they have going forward? So, you know, I, I think if you're a Palmer owner, I think you certainly have to look at replacements. And, again, not, not necessarily for his fault, but, you know, he's obviously has zero mobility. So if, they, if that team can't protect him, then what do you have? It was nice to see John Brown come back and play well. Jerron Brown put up some good numbers here. He's gotten a lot of work uh, in John Brown's absence, so we're going to have to see how that plays out. But to me, the, the big takeaway was Andre Ellington. Uh, you know, we've, we talked about David Johnson going down and it not being a great situation in his absence, but Ellington is doing pretty good work in the passing game. You know, he had uh, 14 targets, caught nine of them for 86 yards, had a really nice touchdown grab through the air. So, uh, you know, I think certainly in PPR leagues, he's the obvious Cardinals running back to own. I think in any format, he probably is. Real quick, on the Thursday game, just a couple of injuries to monitor in Ty Montgomery dealing with a, a rib injury. They're saying he could play against Dallas day-to-day at this point. I think the, the extra time off will help. And then Devontae Av- Adams, who is out of the hospital, uh, head and neck injury, though. He'll be in the concussion protocol, another guy to monitor um, before next Sunday's game. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, the Ty Montgomery thing, it's really taken a couple turns, and we're still going to have to wait to yeah. see how it plays out. But, like, when he went down, and then we, and then Jamal Williams goes down, and then Aaron Jones looks pretty good. I think the immediate takeaway from that game was, like, oh, my God, Aaron Jones is going to be going hot, you know, hot off the waiver wires, and people are going to spend all their fab budgets on him. Well, maybe not. I mean, you know, the, the Packers will have had 10 days to rest. Montgomery, like you said, could be back for that game. Jamal Williams might be back for that game. He had a sprained knee. So, it, you know, I, I think it's more of a, a wait-and-see sort of situation there. On the Bears side, just a quick takeaway, Tariq Cohen, uh, there's a, a bit of a worrisome development in that game was the work that Benny Cunningham got in the passing game. He had 12 targets and a lot of times in situa- passing situations where you wanted to see Tariq Cohen out there, instead it was Benny Cunningham. So that was pretty frustrating for Cohen owners. But I think he's still probably a good play uh, in PPR leagues going forward as, as kind of a flex guy. And with that, a reminder to subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher and iTunes. You can check out our Excellent fantasy football content at WashingtonPost.com. And, of course, you can always reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Scott S. Allen. I'm at Des Beeler. Get those waiver claims in. Get them in.